we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 17th, 2010. We're going to be continuing this little look at Rick Warren segueing into more of Islam. I, I think the reason we want to segue into Islam is because this next clip in particular, first clip emphasized at some his, his um, the equal footing that he views Islam has with Christianity and the other religions. This next little clip is called Different Books, Common Word by Rick Warren. It's only a minute and ten, but essentially different books mean the Quran and the Bible, common words. Well, we've read you many of the quotes of, of the Quran. I mean, um, in the horrificness, and we're going to look at more of those today, of that book and of, of the um, unbelievable horrific tenets outlined in Islam and how there is such a polar opposite extreme of things presented in Islam as opposed to New Testament Bible-believing Christianity. Okay, so let's see what Rick has to say about this particular subject. He's speaking again, I believe it's some type of Muslim conference now. Different books, common word. I come to you today with a spirit of love and a spirit of friendship, a spirit of deep respect. I love my dear, dear Muslim friends, my next door neighbor, and so many that are friends. I love you. Now, dear friends, as globalization draws us closer and closer together. So as he has this deep respect for the Muslims, okay, and evidently for them, their religion, their religious tenets, uh, even though their Quran tells them to slay the infidel, which would include Rick Warren, which would include all the Jews, primarily, all the Christians, that they are supposed to slay, behead, destroy, demoralize the infidels. Is that what he respects about their particular religion? And then he said, as globalization draws us closer. He's basically saying, as the New World Order religion draws us closer, this is how evil and overt this devil is. I mean, he is right out in the open now, and making no apologies for any of this. And that's what we're going to get into in the next article, to prove this point even more. If you had any doubts about Rick Warren, I hope you don't after today. And I've done two other teachings on Rick Warren that you can go up to uh, YouTube, just can Scott Johnson or Dr. Scott Johnson and Rick Warren, or even Rick or Warren, and you'll find them. One of the most pressing questions we have to ask ourselves is how do we deal with our deepest differences? It is a fundamental question we have to wrestle with. How do we live together in peace and harmony? And not only that, how can we actually work together maintaining our separate traditions, maintaining our convictions without compromise, but working together for the greater good of everybody in the world? Okay, so I believe Muslims that would be there would go along with what Rick Warren is saying. Because remember, the Muslims, now, I don't believe in their own country they would have any real desire to do or yoke up with Rick Warren because they would view him as an infidel and they would view him as worthy of death. But in America, if he were to say that, because the is because Islam is trained, 
that they can lie and do whatever they have to in order to advance the agenda of Allah, that they would they would pretty much go along with what he's saying. And say, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, uh, Pastor Warren, we need to do this and we need to do that. But when they get to a certain power base level, where they have a certain number of people, then the true fangs would come out and we would really see the true colors of Islam. And they, they had just went along and used whoever in Christianity would let them ride on their coattails in order to advance their agenda, which is total world domination, and it's stated by them over and over and over. Total eradication of the Jewish races, eradication of Christianity, total world domination. It's what they, you know, just because liberal Muslims say, oh, that's not the case, or moderate ones... It doesn't mean they don't know that really is the case. In other words, they're lying through their teeth in order to get you thinking that they're a religion of peace. And nothing could be further from the truth. And we're going to document that right after this next article that I'm going to report on, which is entitled, which is more about Rick Warren. Uh, reading from it, it says, A plethora of terror-related individuals surrounds the profile of Pastor Rick Warren on the speaker's corner of an official website of the Islamic Society of North America. He is fully aware of how he is being portrayed on the site, as the author has corresponded with his office regarding this matter. But he refuses, Rick Warren refuses to demand its deletion and offers no apology for its existence. Pastor Warren has become a shill for Islamic terror. Uh, Asalamu alakum which is a Muslim term, uh, which is what Rick Warren says, As-salamu alakum, I come to you today deeply humbled and honored by this invitation. I truly mean that. I applaud your courage for inviting an evangelical pastor. Thank you. End of quote. That's what Rick Warren said to them. You also heard what he just said on this other address. Then he goes on, this goes on to say, this was the opening statement of Rick Warren, the leading pastor of the influential Southern California Saddleback Church, as he spoke these words, as he stood at the podium emblazoned with an ISNA logo. logo. Um, and remember, ISNA stands for the Islamic Society of North America, essentially a terrorist group. He spoke these words as he stood at the podium emblazoned with the ISNA's logo, an image that for many is a symbol of terror and stealth, jihad. Jihad meaning holy war. Okay? The Quran commands Muslims to make jihad against, wage jihad against the unbelievers. To the Jew first and then to the others. Okay? Christianity has traditionally or America's stance has traditionally supported the Jews so they want to get at us as much is just about anybody other than probably the Jews, save the Jews. They want them the most, okay? As far as total annihilation. So, stealth jihad is holy war waged in stealth until they get to the point where, like I said, their power base is great enough where they don't have to make it stealth anymore and they come out in the open and they use any kind of tear in order, you know, to advance their agenda. ISNA is an American arm of the Muslim Brotherhood. It was founded in 1981 by a group of individuals which include the North American leader of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Sami al-Aran. Okay, so this is the type of people 
that Rick Warren is yoking himself up with. I mean, man, it's one thing to yoke yourself up with an unbeliever, but this guy's going, you know, right for the terrorist groups. Yeah, we're just one big happy family. And his handlers in the Illuminati are the ones that are commissioning this. The Bible says, warn them to call evil good and good evil. And this is what Rick Warren is doing every step of the way. Making sure that all religions are on the same footing. And he seems to be reaching out to the Muslims, which are one of the most wicked death cults on the planet. Not to say I don't want them to go, not to say that, that, that I wish they go to hell, okay? I want them to go to heaven. But what Rick Warren is doing is pandering to them, and these people are, are destined for a devil's hell if they follow Rick Warren. Because Rick Warren saying, you need to change a thing. You're good with your religion. He's preaching another gospel. But then again, if he was preaching true Bible-believing Christianity, he would never be in the position that he is in, that his Illuminati handlers put him in. He is working for his father, the devil, and of his works he will do. Rick Warren and everyone that does the same things or, or similar things that he does, they're all in the same boat. Next article. This is entitled, uh, Egyptian Cleric Saeed Arafat... Um, we're going we're gonna to look at a recent interview with this guy. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm sorry, but these guys look so evil. These, these clerics and these imams. I mean, I can't even hardly stand to look at them. And um, I'm not saying that because I think I'm better, but you know, you, you probably heard a month ago when I talked about Ayatollah Khomeini and how he raped that little, oh my word, she was, what, three or four or five in, in the in the. And the father gladly gave her his little virgin daughter, and, and he brutally raped her the whole night, and they could hear screams from the next room. And, and that's all permitted as by what they term as temporary marriages. I mean, Muhammad married a six-year-old and supposedly uh, took her to bed when she was nine. <laughs> Probably just said that just to appease people. It's permitted. And they can have temporary marriages where they rape, brutally rape little girls, and then the marriage is, is over And once they've had their way with them. This is how one aspect of how sick this death cult is. The following are excerpts from an interview from an Egyptian cleric, Saeed Arafat, which aired on Al Nayas TV Egypt on February 4th, 2010. To view this clip, I give you the link to the clip, I give you a screenshot of it with this devil that they're interviewing. Ugh. Interviewer, he asked this guy, this, this imam, he says, wife beating is a serious accusation leveled against Islam. And again, you can go up and hear this for yourself, but I'm going to read it to you. Then the interviewer says, let us examine this matter bit by bit. Saeed Arafat, this imam, he says, quote, Allah honored wives by instituting the punishment of beatings. So Allah honored the wives by instituting the punishment of beatings. And remember, one of them they call evil good and good evil. They honored the wives by instituting the punishment of beatings? Interviewer. Honor them with beatings? How is this possible? Saeed Arafat responds, The Prophet Muhammad said, Don't beat her in the face, and do not make her ugly. See how she is honored? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like comical. Yes. 
because he's not beating her in the face and making her ugly, see how she's honored? This is the kind of warped, twisted, demented thinking that happens when your mind is totally taken over demonically. These people, I believe, are demon-possessed to the toenails. I mean, the more religious you become, typically in any religion, any false religion, the more full of devils you're going to get. And this one in particular, Islam, really invites the devil, the demonic infestation. And then you have the people that blindly follow these same devils. It's really beyond sickening. Let's go further. I'm, I'm continuing with his quote. It says, If the husband beats his wife, he must not beat her in the face. Even if he beats her, he must not curse her. This is incredible. This is him saying this. He beats her in order to discipline her. In addition, there must not be more than ten beatings. I don't know if that means in a lifetime or what. He must not break her bones, injure her. How could he not injure her if he's beating her? I mean, a bruise is an injury. It's, it's broken blood vessels underneath the skin and the muscle tissue, or in the subcutaneous tissue. How do you not injure her? You know? Okay. Continue with the quote. He can't injure her, break her teeth, or poke her in the eye. There is a beating etiquette. I'm quoting here. There is a beating etiquette. So, all the women out there, I'm, I'm just wondering how this is making you feel. I'm sure that you're feeling ultra happy right now over over this these statements that I'm making. I, I really, and I've said this before, I really feel like convicted to go to bat for these poor Muslim women. Now, I understand a lot of them are... are not a whole lot better than anyone else. But I do believe there's probably a lot of these women that are caught in this death cult, they've been brought up in it, and there's no way out for them. They are trapped. And that movie with Sally Field that was called Not Without My Child, you know, it's been taken off the internet totally. I mean, there's, I think there's some ways you can view it, but I believe it was due to Islamic pressure. Tell you what, that movie right there does a pretty good job of telling you the tear that these poor women must live in. Not all of them, but a lot of them, I really believe, are suffering, literally suffering in silence. In, 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 I, I just, I, I feel so sorry for them. And the children that are being brought up in this. And literally, it is a big demonic exchange of devils. Because remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness and high place and these types of things. Okay, so it's the devils that emanate and operate through this death cult who worship the fallen angelic entity known as Allah. Okay, which is the moon god, and not the god of the Bible. We've proven this over and over. Not the same god of the Bible for sure. It's, it's a terrible thing, and we should pray for them. And, and it's not my desire that any of these people would go to hell. Okay, we should pray for them, and but they need the fear of God. They need the fear of the God of the Bible. The Bible says the goodness and the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. They need to be shown that the God of the Bible is the true God of the universe, not Allah, who is a God of pure, total, unmitigated perversion and hate, evidenced by the fruit of Islam and the fruit of the Quran. All you got to do is read it. You will know them by their fruit, remember? Well, 
Uh, we're seeing some pretty bad fruit here. Really rotten stuff. So, there is a beating etiquette, continuing with this quote. If he beats her to discipline her, he must not raise his hand high. He must beat her from chest level. So he can punch her in the chest, I guess, all he wants. All these things honor the woman. End of quote. What a sick devil. And I'm telling you, you can see the picture of this guy, or watch the video, and I mean, there's something really evil, really super creepy evil about these imam guys. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, that, that's my absolute 100% pressure. And then you, you look at what they can get away with at their elevated position of, in their particular religion, raping these little girls, you know, <laughs> it's just so sickening. Jesus Christ said it were better if a millstone were hung about one of these, uh, were hung about the necks of these people that offend one of these little ones and, that believe in Jesus, it were better that a millstone were hung about their neck and they were cast in the midst of the sea than they offend one of these little ones that believe in me. So it would be better for them, for that to happen to them. I give you my teaching on, um, and this is the YouTube links that I know are working, the Muslim Islamic religion hypocrisy exposed, and then also the double faith, faith of Islam. Okay, next article. Oh, my word. This was, this was horrific. But I got to expose this. I mean, I am just getting bombarded with thing after thing after thing exposing this death cult of Islam. This was entitled, The Beheading of Paul Johnson. I do not advise you even click on this link. Because they show this man's body beheaded in all of the ways that they were taunting him. And, and after he was dead. I don't like looking at that kind of stuff. The Bible says I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And, and it really, it, it's, it's wicked. It's, it's, it's so sad. It, it's so sickening. Uh, but there's, <laughs> oh, it, it's brutal, just brutal. An enemy of Islam is those who will not submit to Allah. And remember that Muslims are allowed to lie to the infidels in times of war to further the cause of Allah. I have seen blatant lies in regard to Islam from clerics, imams, after all, if they would tell you that they preach in their mosques and what is in the Quran, they would not be allowed freedom to further their cause. I saw Shushan mention something else about that. Those images. I saw. I got this video sent to me the other night. I couldn't forward it because there were, there were some inappropriate images on it. There was a, one of a, a woman that had just been beaten with all these lashes and you could almost see her, her breast in, in from, it was, even though it was from the back and I just, I couldn't send it out. And, they, I mean, they had all these people, they were burying people alive, women alive. They showed them being buried and in the tear on their face, and, and they were hanging all these men, and um, uh, just, golly, it was unbelievable. The beatings and, and the way that they they institute things over there. Um, it was sickening. I mean, just sickening. But that's what they do. So let's continue here. Um, why do we let a war cult, cult like this continue? Now, this is from the actual article itself, the beheading of Paul Johnson. This was from 1101. 
Okay, so this was like, you know, about 10 years ago. Kidnapping, murder, decapitation, mutilation, torture, terror, burning, hanging, and gloating are all justified in even glorified Islamic behaviors that the Quran justifies. For those who have been fooled by our media, our politicians and clerics, into believing that Islam is a peaceful religion and that, that we all worship the same God, what follows is a cold dose of reality. The simple truth is the terrorists have not corrupted their religion. Islam has corrupted them. See, that's what Islam is. The, the, Islam's made them into terrorists. It hasn't been the other excuse me, it hasn't been the other way around. All good Muslims are terrorists. They are. I've said that before. If a Muslim obeys the Quran, he should, and he's going to be fundamental to his faith, he will be a terrorist in some way, shape, or form, or aid and abet them at bare minimum. The Quran, uh, this is the Quran 8.12, right from the Quran, says, I will terrorize the unbelievers, therefore smite them on the necks, and at every joint incapacitate them, strike off their heads, and cut off each of their fingers and toes. That's what the Quran commands them to do. This is one of the many verses. Next verse, Quran 8, 5, 7. If you gain mastery over them, meaning your enemy, in battle, inflict such a defeat as would terrorize them so that they would learn a lesson and be warned. Next vote, uh, verse, Ishak 3.26. If you come upon them, deal so forcefully as to terrify those who follow, that they may be warned. Make a severe example of them by terrorizing Allah's enemies. So that's what they're about. Terror. Quran 8.67. It is fitting for any prophet to have prisoners until he has made a great slaughter in the land. Just, one, just more fruit of this wonderful religion of peace that we all come to know and love, I'm sure, at this point. Pardon my sarcasm. The recent issue of Voice of the Jihad, meaning Voice of the Holy War, which is identified with Al-Qaeda, published an article titled, A Letter to the Wife of Slain Pagan Paul Johnson. From the wife of one of the Islamic martyrs. The, evidently, you know, in their eyes, the true martyrs. Okay. This celebrates the murder of the American hostage Paul Johnson in Saudi Arabia. The anonymous letter is attributed to the wife of one of the terrorists killed by Saudi security forces. The following are excerpts from the letter. I, I just I shortened it because it was huge. So I'm just going to hit the high points here. So here's how this wonderful Islamic wife of a martyr starts out. She says to this other wife, the wife of Paul Johnson, who they openly beheaded, had all these horrific pictures online. No, 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 that wasn't enough to do that. Here's what she said to this woman, to this wife of Paul Johnson. She says, the blood of your husband is the blood of a dog, because he is an idolatrous infidel. Then she goes on to say, I've heard that you appeared on television feigning innocence and wondering haughtily. What was your husband's sin and what was his crime? I believe you are not ignorant of the fact that he was one of the greatest criminals. Indeed, although he is not considered that according to your standards, you infidels. I believe he flew a helicopter in the army and, and um, that's why she's, she's saying that he was one of the greatest criminals. I don't know if he had anything to do with anybody dying. I have no clue, but that's why she was saying that. She then goes on to say, you should know that our brethren whom you detain in your prisons and our brethren whom your husband used to burn with his helicopters are not alone. Rather, their hearts are pounding with, there are hearts pounding with love for them. Love? 
This, if there's love in this religion, I haven't seen it. It is one of the most warped, twisted, perverted forms of love I've ever seen. From from the moment many of these children are born, they are indoctrinated into hate. From the crib, they many times will will say things to the babies. I've, I've seen this before in the cartoons and. The, they will say things to the babies and how they're being raised. You know, hate, hate, hate is instilled. Hate toward the Jew, hate toward the Christian, hate toward the infidel. You know, this is how they're brought up. So, rather their hearts pounding with love for them. These are the, uh, I guess, the, the uh, Muslims that are in prison. Just as you have demonstrated that you loved your slain husband. Nay, we love them more. Because than you can imagine, because the blood of a Muslim is for us more precious than Kabah, whatever that is. But the blood of your husband is the blood of a dog, because he is an idolatrous infidel. The corpse of your husband shall be followed by mountains of corpses. Do not you know that we have not done anything yet about the blood of Muslims and the blood of my husband that was shed for no reason? See, they're coming. This stealth jihad, all the stuff our military has done over in Iraq, in in, um, not Iran, but Afghanistan, and a lot of these other Muslim-based countries, and there have been some horrific war crimes committed by our government. Just look up Beyond Treason, okay, that documentary online, um, where they talk about the depleted uranium and how that is absolutely decimated, the, um, the Muslim population and, and that the babies that are born over there with all these horrific deformities and the people that have died, there's no doubt that's went on. So I don't want to just to present the fact that, oh yes, we've been totally innocent and we've not done a thing. We've went over there purely for monetary interest and for a control base to control the oil coming out of there, to control the, the poppy production in Afghanistan. It's all totally documented. They've all admitted to it and I've all reported on this in, in previous articles. So I'm not saying that, that we're like some kind of pristine, perfect uh, intentions when we're over there. Okay, so, again, I like to try to balance when we're talking about these things. Let's go further here. We're just getting started. And the corpse of your husband shall be followed by mountains of corpses of his countrymen. How can you claim innocence for your husband? Allah's curse on him. While you have been hearing the warnings of the Mujahideen, calling you to leave our country that is forbidden to you. When my husband was killed, you certainly were not interested, nor did you know about it. If you had known, you probably would have been pleased that he was killed before he reached your husband and his countrymen. You know, and again, that's pure 100% speculation. I mean, she's basically saying, oh, you would have been pleased. You don't know that. She, she might not feel that way whatsoever, you know. And then she, go, he go, she goes on to say, however, I find solace. This is how sick this woman is and demonically infested. I find it's not enough for this other woman who's done nothing to this lady. It's not enough for her husband to have died and, her to have been, and him to have been butchered and beheaded and made a, a mockery and a laughingstock in the Muslim communities. That wasn't enough. She finds solace and I'm quoting from her, in the fact that the Mujahideen were able to reach their target with precision, meaning her husband, and they killed your husband by slaughtering him. That's what she finds solace in. 
Can you imagine? Oh, I have such peace because they slaughtered this other person. And I got my revenge. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God's going to be the one. That's who we leave the vengeance to. Now, I'm not saying that's always easy. Okay? But you talk about a root of bitterness this woman is harboring. I mean, the root of bitterness springeth up in many and defileth many is the way the Bible talks about it. But she's also part of this death cult and obviously a very uh, gung-ho part of uh, gung-ho person within Islam. But she's being fundamental to the faith of Islam. She really is, according to the Quran. So she finds solace in the fact that they were able to reach their target, and they killed your husband by slaughtering him. Then she goes on to say, By Allah, on that day I rejoiced a lot, because the real terrorist was killed, having been gorged with the blood of our Muslim children. Then she goes on to say, We hate you, infidels. We loathe you to the bone. I don't know whether you know that we hate you, infidels. We loathe you to the bone. This is how much hate they harbor toward and trust me, the ones that are over here have the same hate, but they're in stealth mode right now. But I guarantee you, they're ready to make their coming out party pretty soon, and our government is going to encourage it. They're the ones that have let them in here. They're the ones letting them in the lower borders with the, with the other illegal aliens. They're the ones letting them in here. Okay, They want this to happen because... They want a gigantic crisis. They want some type of, uh, or, or multiple terrorist strikes on American soil because then they can initiate all those fun executive orders I just read about an hour and a half ago. They can put us on lockdown, martial law, take away all of our rights. They have created the problem much by our actions over in the Middle East with depleted uranium, with a lot of other different war crimes that we've committed. And now, they're going to let them in here, and they've got all this unbelievable, unmitigated hatred toward us. This woman's no exception. And then they're going to let them pull off whatever they're going to let them pull off. Probably multiple terrorist strikes at the same time. There's all kind of terrorist, Muslim, Islamic terrorist cells in the U.S. right now, just waiting for the green light. I'm telling you, it's coming. Then she, she ends by saying, our youth who are engaged in jihad, this is a good thing. If you kill them, you thereby send them to heaven in the shortest way. No, you thereby send them to hell in the shortest way. And then she says, Allah willing, and if you let them stay alive, not having overcome them, that is fine, for they will fight you and will force out the infidels from the land of Islam. And this is by the mother of a martyr terror. I, I put a martyr, but I put terrorist, mother of a terrorist. Anyway, that was just a little, little, um, nice little clip there of, of, of some uh, little, she wanted to pass on a little love there to, uh, to us Americans. And, I'm, and again, you know, I, I try to present both sides because I understand, you know, to a certain extent, but man alive, I've never seen such hatred in my life. Um, here's the next one. This is a, um, a lady named Wafa Sultan. She was a survival survivor of uh, Shahara, and she was raised in Syria, and she suffered under Shahara law, and she's the author of A God Who Hates. Remember I said about hate? Well, she's the author of a book called A God Who Hates. She sits down with Bill Whittle to talk of oppression, freedom, and the creep of Shahara across the globe, meaning they call it Creeping Shahara. 
They're creeping in and creeping in. So let's go ahead and listen to this audio clip. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and roll the audio now. Hi everybody, I'm Bill Whittle. We're here at CPAC 2010 for PJTV. And I am here with a remarkable lady, the, the a kind of person who is a genuine inspiration to me and should be for all Americans. Wafa Sultan is here. And Wafa, I was at CPAC last year, and I had a chance to speak to Hirt Builders, who also has been an outspoken critic of Islam. And we had to meet him in a hotel room. He had men outside with machine guns. He's on constant threat of his life. You grew up as a young girl in Syria. Yes. Endured an awful lot there. But I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what growing up, first of all, under Islam is like for young women. I was born and dressed as a Muslim. And I suffered living under Islamic Sharia for 30 years of my life. Women under Islamic Sharia have no rights. Tell us about a specific of what might happen we, in a typical We are day. brainwashed to believe that we are not mentally fit to control our lives. So any male in our environment have the right to control my life more than I do. Can you give me a specific example of what you might have gone through? I was a medical doctor and I practiced medicine for nine years in my country. My brother has never graduated from high school. If I have to leave the house, I need his permission. It's outrageous. Yes, it is outrageous. outrageous. It is outrageous. And I wasn't myself. I was just dead fish driven by the current. And this is true for hundreds of millions of women across for the world. For every woman in any Islamic country. This is how life looks under Islamic Sharia. And you can't... And again, this is why I have such compassion for these poor Muslim women that are brought up in this. And I understand, like I said, not... Obviously, there's some that are really... Yeah, they're there. They're with the plan. Evidently, they like it. I don't know. Maybe they're just putting on an act. But... It's, it's incredibly sad, the way the children are brought up and the way the women are treated. It, it's just so horrific. Uh, it's beyond comprehension. Can't escape it, can't if you a woman was raped, she has to bring four witnesses in order to prove her case. Four witnesses to four her Four witnesses. Who are going to testify to her Otherwise, behalf. she will be stoned to death. So that's fair. So a woman that's been raped has to produce four male witnesses that said she was raped unlawfully. And if she can't produce the four witnesses, then she's stoned to death. So she gets raped. I've never heard of any four witnesses coming forward in regard... I've heard this insane law that they've got in Sharia. And I've never heard of anyone ever producing four witnesses. And then, so her... Um, Remember what I told you before about the about the lady that was um, she was stoned to death, I believe, because she was seen with another man in public. Seen, it wasn't she wasn't sleeping with anybody. She was seen, so she was stoned to death. And we, we did that one, I think, last week or the week before. I, I, I'm losing track. I, honestly, if I were to put all of these, and I've got a big document on exposing Islam, but. I, if I had put all the stuff into one document, I'm trying to, I mean, I mean it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of pages. It's going to be bigger than any document I have exposing any false religion, including Catholicism. Because there's so much 
activity within Islam that becomes mainstream that nobody really hardly ever talks about, other than very few people. Uh, it, it, is, it is becoming more prevalent, even in America, that this is being exposed. But, again, uh, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how far it actually really gets exposed uh, in the near future. So, let's go further. You came to the United States. Yes. As do so many thousands of people every year, looking for freedom, looking to escape exactly. this kind of repression. But this religion has followed you here, hasn't it? You're, you're not able to live a life of freedom. This is the problem, and that's why I am risking my life. Because if we lost America, where else I can emigrate? We are seeing signs in America now, the same signs that we saw in Europe 20, 30, 40 years ago that Sharia law is very slowly in what seems like reasonable sort of small cases is starting to be established in the United States. Mm -hmm. You, more than anybody, understands the consequences of this. What are we really heading for if we allow this to continue? Muslims believe they don't have to be the majority in order to take over. They need to be maximum 10% of the population in order for them to take over. This is their mission. We were taught at very little age that our mission on earth is to spread Islam, to fight for the sake of Allah, to kill or to be killed in this fight. So they are here. I was very much involved with my Muslim community for the five, six, seven first year of my life in America, and I heard it million times that they were here to spread Islam and eventually to replace the American Constitution with Islamic Sharia. And you need to understand your concept of time because it's totally different yes. than yours. You're looking at they, centuries, millennia. They are very well trained to be patient with time. If not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, after 200 years, we will achieve our goal, which is to submit the whole world well, there's something I'd really like for you to help clear us up on. Uh, Americans are very tolerant people, by and large. It's generally pretty accepting people. Many people, such as CARE, will say that, um, that Islam is just a religion of peace, and we simply want the right to worship just as everybody else in the country does. We're not looking for any special rights. But you say that this idea that Islam is misunderstood is a lie, that Islam is you not... Know, as, as a well-known writer in the Arab world, unfortunately, I can tell you, it is much easier for me to make my point through the Arab world than to penetrate the American mind here with my ideas and thoughts. You know, because I can understand why Americans are raised to live by the ethical American code, which doesn't allow him to judge people based on their religious background. But Americans need to know that Islam is not a religion. Islam is a very political, very dangerous political ideology. Right. You cannot be a true American and a true Muslim at the same time. There is no way. I believe that's true. There is no way you can connect the some post. some laws somewhere or another have to be you disregarded. Cannot, yes, you cannot. They're be antithetical. American. There is no uh, Muslim American. There is Muslim who live in America 
or Americans who are from Muslim background. Okay, now in regard to our Muslim president, Barack Obama, and we've done much documentation on that. He is a, I believe he's part of this whole stealth jihad. I understand. Yes, he has handlers above him, but he was born and raised Muslim, okay, for all the formative years of his life. You just don't get out from the Islamic religion. I believe he's been put there in a stealth type of capacity. And the next story that we're going to be looking at will actually confirm that, how he's putting all of these Muslims actually in very, very, very high positions in our country in a very, very stealthy way. We're going to look at that and and see that, that he is advancing the agenda of Allah in a very aggressive way. So let's go further. Totally different, two different things. Well, you've lived in America for quite a while now, and you've seen a great deal of American society and how varied it is in so many different belief systems and so on. But you're here now at CPAC, surrounded by conservatives, many young conservatives. Are you hopeful about what you see here at CPAC? Are you? Of course I am. I have to have hope in order for me to keep going. What is it about CPAC that gives you hope? You know, I see the younger generation because our future depends on younger generation. And do you think that the, the young people that you see here at CPAC, do you think they, they have they some have, awareness they ha of this Yes, threat? I believe soon they will get involved and choose the right leaders to do what it needs for this country to be protected against Islamic evil. Let's talk, speaking of that, let's talk very briefly about CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations. They've said that your presence here is hate-mongering, that you're a hateful person, that CPAC is tainted, basically, by the presence of having you here. But you're... I, I love it when the religion, if there was ever a religion of hate, accuses other of hate. I mean, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, the, the, again, the hypocrisy that exists within Islam is unlike anything I have ever witnessed in my life. The sheer, unmitigated gall of these people to accuse her of hate. There's nothing hateful in what she's saying. She's stating facts. She has a right to her opinion. But they would say, no, she doesn't have a right to her opinion. We're this religion of peace, even though everything about the religion indicates the opposite. So, again, just wanted to throw that in. Simply coming and saying, this is what Islam is, this is what Islamic tenet is, this is what they believe. In, How do you respond to those charges? In order for them to know what hate means, they need to listen to the preaching machine mm -hmm. in any mosque, in any Islamic city, in any Islamic country, on a Fridays. Well, tell us, know, tell us, Americans, Americans don't get to listen to those messages. Just oh, tell us what choose. you might hear. You can go and randomly choose any Islamic city throughout the Islamic world. Go inside any mosque on a Friday and listen to the imam of that mosque. And how much hate he injects the young generation against the West. Death to America, America must be destroyed, the Jews must be destroyed. the non-Muslims. All of them. All of them. So every time you kill 100 terrorists, this preaching machine creating thousands of not millions terrorists. So that's why I always say this war is mostly ideological war. 
if you don't fight the ideology, you will never be able to protect this country. I'd like to ask you a personal question. You grew up under the system. You grew up under it. You dealt with it. You were yes. you were brutalized by yes. it. You tried to escape exactly. it. How does it feel to come to America and have liberals who haven't the faintest idea of what goes on over there tell you, no, 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 you're wrong. This is what Islam is, you see? How does that feel? That must drive nobody, you out of your mind. Nobody can argue with me. It is my life. It is my past. It is my You experience. lived it. You were there. And that's why I'm risking my life now. I'm paying a very high price for my decision to speak up against the cruelty of Islamic Sharia and the evil of Islam. If, I receive death threats on daily basis telling me where I live, where my children live. These are Muslims who are not only allowed to kill you, yes. they're commanded to kill you. Absolutely. Their mission. They're, they're, they're their required mission by their religion the to kill you. For the sake of their Allah, they have to kill Here you. in the United States. Here in the... And I, am, I don't feel safe don't here in the United... This is the sad part of it. Well, you're a very brave woman. Anyway, I am enjoying my life because... It is a life of my choice. I wasn't myself for 30 years of my life. I was somebody's, under somebody else's control. You'd, Now, rather, you'd rather be a free woman under a death sentence than a piece of property simply. Let me live one day as a free woman and then die. Who cares? I, I tested the freedom. But unfortunately, as you said, most Americans take it for granted and they don't know what it means to be free. For the last 14 years of my life, I haven't missed one day. Every single day, I leave my house at 7 o'clock in the morning with my husband to Starbucks. You're not going to let them beat you, are you? I, I have a cup of coffee. I look up. If there is God or not, I really don't know. I thank whoever there for giving me the freedom. To enjoy this moment. Oh, this country. And again, uh, we we should pray for her, Wafa Sultan, because she says if there's God or not. You know, God bless this woman. God bless her. I pray that God her soul be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray to. I mean, I just ha uh, just have such compassion for these. Oh, uh, these these women that have to deal with this. Oh, what a terrible, terrible existence. Uh, and now. <laughs> You know, she still has no freedom. She's in fear of her life, probably all the time. And um, it doesn't appear she's saved either. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So let's go further. Just, More people like you. Walk. Just walking down the street without being called a whore is a blessing for me. Just being able to chat with my next door male neighbor without being accused, I spent the night with him, is a blessing for me. So I know... Okay, remember what I said before about the, the woman that was stoned to death just because she was seen with another man. That could be talking to your mailman. You know, and this is how insane... But it's okay for the Muslim men to take on multiple wives and, and, to, and to rape little girls and have temporary marriages and stuff like that's all right that that's okay but the women you know are held to such an a polar opposite standard but it means to be living in america 
Well, I'm awfully proud to have you as a, as a fellow American citizen, and I'm proud and grateful Thank for you taking this risk to remind all of us what we all take for yes, granted. Yes, we have to protect this country. Where else I can go if Islam takes over America? We'll, we'll beat them. You watch. Absolutely we will. Absolutely. I have no doubt that we will win. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Wapa Sultan's book is called A God Who Hates. This is a remarkable person. You need to support her fight for freedom here in America. For PJTV, I'm Bill Whittle at CPAC 2010. Yeah, God bless her. And may God's protective hand be upon her. And may her soul be saved. God bless her. Oh. Okay, we're going to segue into the next article now, um, which actually, let me just see here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read this one last one, and then we'll go to the next article. Obama appointed two devout Muslims to Homeland Security posts. So, you know, Obama's, you know, he's, he's really towing the line for Islam. Today the fox is truly guarding the hen house. The wolves will be herding the sheep. Obama appointed two devout Muslims to Homeland Security Posts. Obama and Janet Napolitano appointed Arif Akalhan, a devout Muslim, as an assistant secretary for policy development. Department of Homeland Security Janet Napolitano swore in Karim Shora, another devout Muslim who was born in Damascus, Syria, as an ADC National Executive Director and member of Homeland Security Advisory Council. Yeah, we definitely want these terrorists in high-level governmental posts. I mean, particularly in light of all that we've just you know, heard and, 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 and seen, or you haven't, you can't see it through the audio, but again, you can go and watch these clips for yourself. Then this goes on to say, note, has anyone ever heard a new government official being identified as a devout Catholic, a devout Jew, or a devout Protestant? Just wondering. Devout Muslims being appointed to critical homeland security positions? Doesn't this make you feel safe already? That should make our homeland much safer, right? And this was... Um, they actually verified the story. So I'm going to go ahead and end part four there. And we'll go to part five next.